Hello and welcome to Love Signals. My name is Michaela McDonald and I will be your host as we continue on this journey of exploring all the ways that love is sending signals to us and through us. Welcome back everybody. Here we are, episode 21. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Well, it's been raining a lot here in the desert. And I want to give you all a snapshot of what that feels like. The desert is so dry. And the the area that I live at is so dry, there isn't really even dirt out here. There's sand. Basically, it's just sand everywhere. And there's all these miraculous plants that are able to grow out here. Cactus. Uh, creosote, which is this beautiful bush that um, <laughs> in the spring it has these little yellow flowers that then uh, once they've been pollinated, they turn into these little puff balls. <laughs> and when those puff balls are illuminated by the sun, like when the sun's setting in the west and I stand off to the east, I can look out at the creosote bushes and it looks like they have little balls of light grow- glowing all around them, like little fairies or something living in them. It's amazing. It's amazing. And oh, it's such a great smell. Such a great smell. It's just a wonderful thing all around. Um, so we have those. We have some trees out here. We have Joshua trees, yucca trees, um, which are just basically cactus that decided to get really tall. Um, and it's just kind of amazing. It's such a different landscape. There's like little tiny, teeny, tiny flowers. And there's actually a prickly pear cactus out in the yard that's been blooming. I didn't know they bloomed twice a year. It bloomed in the spring. And it's blooming again. I don't know what that's about, but I'm totally here for it. It's bright pink. Each blossom lasts maybe two days and then fades away. And it's just such a treat. So so here we are in the desert with mountains around us. And it's been raining. And what's so cool about this area is that you can see for miles and miles and miles. And so I can see storms coming from miles away. And the clouds, it's almost like there's a whole landscape just made up of the sky. And the clouds are so beautiful and they have so many different colors and textures. And it's been raining. And the rain, it's like it wakes up a whole other dimension of the desert. The smells are different. The sounds are different. The texture and feeling of the air, it's incredible. It's like a whole other world wakes up. All the greens that I see feel a little bit brighter. It's, it's incredible. There's so many smells that wake up with this moisture. And sometimes when I squint my eyes a little and I look out at the textured mountain sides and hillsides, I almost can feel like I'm on one of the Hawaiian islands. It's especially when I notice the feeling of this humid air touching my skin. It's, it's incredible. It's amazing. Um, I'm so amazed by how often I feel grateful for the air on my skin. When I do my gratitude practice each morning, that's frequently one of the things that I just can't help but feel exquisitely grateful for. This is a funny side note, but um, in Pirates of the Caribbean, the very first movie, which I think came out in 2000, 2001, somewhere in there, these pirates, if you haven't seen the movie, there's all these pirates who have been cursed 
and it's that they can they live forever they look like themselves they look like the pirates they were when this curse happened to them but they don't feel any of the things that they don't it's like their senses are completely gone they can't feel um warmth or cold they can't taste anything they can't smell anything and one of the things he says is you can't feel the wind on your cheek and i just i remember hearing that you know over two decades ago when i saw that movie and thinking oh no yeah that would be bad because they were they were angry they were angry they wanted to end the curse they really wanted to they had to get this final piece of gold so they could end the curse and um Oh my gosh, to live on and on and on, but in that way where you're not fully alive, where you can't feel what's happening around you. You can't feel the air on your skin. Maybe that's partly why I appreciate it so much because I imagine so vividly once upon a time what it would be like to not have that. Anyway, this is all to say that I am so grateful for where I live. I'm so grateful for Every moment of every day, I, I went on a trip recently with my partner Dylan to Montana, which I believe I mentioned to you all. And oh my gosh, it was so fun to be in a new landscape and to feel a different texture of air on my skin. And the lighting there even seemed different, like it was brighter. You know, it's it's much further north than where we are in, in Southern California. And it almost felt like the the sun was brighter in a different way, like like we were closer to it or something. Um, and I love getting to notice all that variety. And I think that something I know I've touched on in the past is the way that I see appreciation and love really care for one another and they really feed into one another. And I can see how appreciating and noticing the the differences, the subtle differences, the contrast between a rainy day and a, and a sunny day or a hot day and a cold day or daytime and nighttime or whatever it might be, it heightens my love, my sense of, of gratitude and just like keen excitement for what is. And that feels like something that is accessible to all of us. All of us are experiencing some form of contrast, some form of you know, things going from one way to another way. And maybe the contrast is like, we really don't like one thing and we really like the other. But even that is a gift of insight, of input. Like, oh yeah, I do really like, I do, like for me, it was a little overcast here one of the days recently. And it was, yes, it was balmy and the smells were happening in the rain and I was excited about that. But man, the way it was overcast for hours on end that has a negative impact on me. I think I, I'm pretty sensitive to lighting. And um, I've looked into, you know, seasonal affective disorder and I've used lamps when I lived in places where it was overcast more often and things like that. And so here I am where it's sunny, incessantly sunny, <laughs> basically. And it was overcast for one day and I was like, oh, oh, whoa, I feel it. It's like there's a very different, mental energy and headspace that goes on for me with overcast and it was so interesting to notice like wow I feel this kind of heavy damper and it's like I just had to interact with the day differently being outside felt way better than being inside looking out at the overcast um moving my body really seemed to help but it was like I had to really up my self-care to feel 
kind of like my, my normal self, so to speak. And that was such a gift of contrast. And it made me so appreciate when the blue sky came out, I was like, Oh, I do love the blue sky. I do. I, my favorite is blue sky with clouds, textured clouds, puffy clouds, you know, clouds that maybe have a story to tell. Maybe they're going to bring a, a thunderstorm or a lightning storm. And that was such a gift. You know, I, I got to really appreciate how often the skies are blue here, how often I do get to feel the sun on my skin. So once again, I love sharing this because I feel like it's so accessible. So many of us experience some form of contrast, quiet times and loud times, work days and free evenings, whatever it may be, you know, time alone, time with others. There's so many fluctuations throughout our day and I think it's almost like a fun way to become deeply present to reality by noticing the differences, by noticing all that contrast and looking for what is it that I appreciate about each of these things? How does one fuel and add to my appreciation of the other? So, yeah. (laughs) I want to read you all a letter. I'm going to dive in here. This is from late September of 2020. It's uh, September 26th, 2020. And oh my gosh, this is I'm this is Sunday evening right now, and this was written on a late Sunday evening. How nice is that? <laughs> I can feel how deep and true your love is. It is steady and vast, and it supports me. I am filled with this liquid love. And it gives me life and expression and makes daily living elegant, like a swan gliding on a pristine lake. (laughs) Something about that phrase, I am filled with this liquid love and it gives me life and expression, really makes me think of blood. And I mean that in a really cool, exciting, non-creepy way. (laughs) It makes me think about like, what if, what if the blood coursing through our veins, coursing through, if you're listening to this right now, you have blood pumping through your body, delivering oxygen and other things to the cells of your body. (laughs) What if that love, excuse me, what if that blood (laughs) is love? What if that is literally a form of love moving throughout your body, lighting you up with life and expression, allowing you to live and live elegantly? You know, it's interesting too, this phrase, like a swan gliding on a pristine lake. That reminds me, when I was learning about um, taking, taking the pulse Um, of people. There's so many different um, traditions, ancient traditions that use pulse work as a way to tell how somebody's doing. And um, I learned about taking pulse in Chinese five elements theory um, at Naropa in Boulder, Colorado. I also learned about um, pulse and pulse work at the first college I went to, Maharishi University. And that was more um, in like Ayurveda. And so that, and to to get to my point... (laughs) 
there's three spots in Ayurveda that you're feeling, which is, it's interesting. It's actually that's similar in um, Chinese medicine. There's three spots that you're feeling for with your index finger, middle finger, and ring finger. And I believe it's the ring finger in Ayurveda that is feeling for the point that relates to the kapha uh, dosha of energy in the body. And so there's, there's three doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha. And I remember they talked about how when, when the kapha pulse is healthy, it should feel like a swan, like a gliding, elegant swan. And so that, once again, as I read this, I don't know if I consciously was thinking about any of that when I wrote this love letter, but the combination of like liquid love and, you know, an elegant swan gliding on a pristine lake, both of those really remind me of blood and the pulse and that pulse of energy that's moving through our body because our heart is pumping our blood throughout our body. And I can't help but want to ask, what if it's a love signal? <laughs> Maybe that's my new main question. What if it's a love signal? As I talked about in the last episode, it's like this, this feeling like I'm sniffing out. I'm, I'm finding the love. I'm sniffing it out. I know I'm going to find it somewhere. <laughs> and what a fun way to live. What a fun kind of bias to have as far as a question that you're looking for answers for. What if this is a love signal? Where's the love? I know it's somewhere. Oh my gosh, is that it? <laughs> so that's a really beautiful one. And that love letter also really reminds me of how much of that year of writing those love letters was about exploring what love feels like and what being love feels like. I don't know if that's a question all of us have asked ourselves. How do I know that I feel loved? That's a question you can ask yourself today. How do you know when you feel loved? What does it feel like to you? I'm going to do a little guided experiment here today. I've been wanting to do that with you all, and I'll, I'll, we'll get to it here in a minute. Um, but I'd really love to explore that. And before we do that, I just want to say that a little theory. <laughs> this question, how do you know, is such a powerful question to ask. And I learned that question when I took a level one training in Faster EFT, which I believe now has been renamed Utaptics, which is spelled E-U-T-A-P-T-I-C-S, I believe. Utaptics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. And it's uh, Robert G. Smith. He is the creator of that. He is so fun. He's such a wonderful man. He cares so much. And he has so many YouTube videos up about how to do faster EFT, which is basically a simplified version of tapping or EFT. But he really has deeply studied uh, neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, which is basically kind of the underpinnings of any hypnosis um, and lots of sales techniques and other things like that, which is basically a way of understanding how we think about life, how we internally map our experience, and how to shift that map for the better. And so this question, how do you know, 
Part of why we would ask that in a faster EFT session is because it actually doesn't serve the person we're working with if we assume that you know, their experience of quote unquote abandonment is the same as ours. It's actually better for for them and, and going to be more powerful and we'll be more empowered to help them change that if we understand how they specifically know that they feel that way. I love this because I think that even though language has some universalities to it, right? We're able to communicate with words. We are able to get certain things done with with language. There are also ways that we can lose specificity and we can almost coat over and, and kind of add like a sense of mystery to things when they don't need to be that mysterious. For example, I've found for myself shifting out of just saying, oh, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I, I, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. And instead to say, wow, and, and to, to say, based on asking myself, how do I know that I'm stressed? What, what is going on that's telling me that I'm stressed? So instead to say, oh, I feel tension in my jaw. I feel like it's hard to take a deep breath. I um, keep seeing these images of walls closing in on me or whatever it might be, right? So I'm talking about sensations in the breath, sensations in the body. Um, I'm talking about images. I'm talking about um, sometimes we may even notice certain smells or tastes come in too, but basically I feel like sensations in the body and thoughts or images are the main components that create a feeling that we might put a label on of worry or anxiety or resentment or whatever it is. But if we slow down and ask, how do you know that you feel that way? And we're asked to get present enough with that feeling so that we're able to describe it. One, just that act alone, I find often diffuses some of the pressure or intensity if it's an uncomfortable feeling. And it can actually enhance the pleasure of the experience if it's a more enjoyable feeling. You might have experienced this yourself when you savor a bite of food that tastes really good and you slow down to notice all the different notes and flavors in it. That probably adds to the pleasure of it, right? Then you've probably experienced that. You, you take time to smell it. You take time to notice the beauty of it. Maybe it's a really beautiful dessert that's been like dished up just like, like a piece of art and it smells good and the texture, even the way your fork moves through it or your spoon moves through it is beautiful, right? When we slow down, we can start to kind of tease out the pleasure when it's something enjoyable. And I've seen that when we slow down and tease out the details of something uncomfortable, it becomes less intimidating. I heard a quote today. I've been doing a deep dive on Byron Katie's work. I just love her and I love visiting her world and her consciousness (laughs) of loving what is, of deep inquiry. Um, Byron Katie's The Work is a, a process of inquiry where you question your thoughts as a way to bring yourself back to peace. And I, I've done other episodes on her I don't remember the numbers or the names of those. I know I've talked about her on this podcast. Um, And the quote that I heard was, if a thought hurts, 
question it. I love this because rather than saying, if a thought hurts, it must be wrong, right? Because I, I could assume that based on her work. That I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not true. It's possible. But I love the openness of this statement. If a thought hurts, question it. If there's hurt there, it's an invitation to inquire. And I, you know, she has her own inquiry process. You ask, is it true? Then you ask, can I absolutely know that it's true? Then you ask, how do I act, behave, respond, treat myself, treat others when I believe that thought? And then you ask yourself, who would I be without that thought? And it's a deep process. You try to really go slow, kind of meditate on each of those questions. And I love it. It's so amazing. There's other steps to it, but that's the core. And I want to add to that as just like a fun thing to play with of, you know, how do you know? How do you know that you feel stressed? Because so often for me with doing Byron Kitty's work, I don't realize the thought that I'm thinking that hurts. And so perhaps this how do you know that you feel upset or hurt is a great question to discover the thought. You know, what are, what are you doing? What are you thinking? I remember um, in training with Robert Smith, sometimes, you know, people would, they'd be tapping, they'd be saying the different things, they'd be kind of releasing things, and, and they'd be feeling better, and then they'd, they'd go back. They'd go back into some waves of tears or some tension or heaviness or shutdown, and he'd say, what did you do? What did you just do right there? Tell me what you did. I want to know. Like, what did you think? What did you imagine? It's like he was sniffing it out, right? Trying to find that thought, that image, that inner narrative that, that was keeping them in this state of pain. And so it reminds me of this, you know, how did you know? What, what are you doing right there? What about, oh, what about, what about right there? And so it's like this, how do you know? It can be very spacious, but it can also be fierce. It can be that loving attention that really wants to bring everything into the light. And I love thinking about that. How do you know? And just the, the, the clarity that comes from that. So with all that in mind, all that juiciness of bringing our awareness of all the parts of ourselves, the thoughts, the sensations out into the light, let's explore how do you know that you feel loved? How do you know when love is here? When you feel loved, when you are loved, when you're just in, in the energy of love, in the vibration of love, you might say. What does that feel like? So you might be driving, you might be walking, you might be lounging. I don't know what you're doing, but please just make responsible decisions with any guidance I give you here in the next few minutes. If it feels good and you want to, you can close your eyes. You can get really cozy. If it feels right and it feels good and you want to step outside and just stand and look out at the horizon, you can do that. Have fun with it. <laughs> if you're just driving or walking and you just want to listen, let my words wash over you. I'm going to ask you some questions here. And you don't need to come up with any answers. There's no correct answer there's something powerful 
about letting your mind hear a question and let it just sit in the question. Questions can wake up so many resources for us internally. Our brain loves answering questions, loves looking for proof, loves explaining the mysteries of life. And so by asking powerful and uplifting questions, we can start to encourage our minds, these powerful, powerful I don't even know what to call it. It's like, it's like a calculator and so many things all at the same time, but these powerful tools that are built into our consciousness, we can start to channel all that energy to look for love, to look for things that uplift us, to look for things that help us feel powerful, help us feel alive. So that's my aim with this little guided experiment here today. Let's take a few deep breaths together. Breathing in. And let it go. Once again, breathing in. And let it go. And one more time in. And let it go. And as you relax a little bit more, let this question wash over you. How do I know that I feel loved? What does my body feel like when I feel loved? What are my thoughts like when I feel loved? What is my breathing like when I feel loved? What images, memories come into my mind, into my mind's eye when I feel loved? What symbols, colors, flavors, textures come to mind when I feel loved? What thoughts, words, ideas come to mind when I feel loved? Let this map of love start to etch itself for you, illuminating the colors, the contours, all the paths across the landscape of your own consciousness. How do you know when you feel loved? How do you know that a love signal has found you. What does it feel like? 
I invite you to relax even more as I share some images and feelings that you can bounce your own off of, that you can take on as new flavors to add to your own love feeling bouquet. Sometimes love and love signals feel like a, like a warm sun touching my face. It can feel like my heart is expanding. My shoulders are relaxing. And my breath becomes so big, so spacious, like a calm pool of water that's rippling from a stone being thrown into it. Love can feel like a pink desert flower opening more and more as the petals rustle around in the breeze. Love can feel like images of sweet baby animals with their moms just snuggling and resting and stretching. Love can feel like this warm hand holding me. That's this hand that's that's bigger than anything that's holding me that creates this solid foundation beneath me that I can rest into, that I can trust. Love can feel like a warm hug with someone I adore. Love can feel like those warm, happy tears when they trickle down my face. I know that I feel loved when I see those things, when I feel those things. I can feel it now. There's this humming in my cells. I especially feel it in my hands and my arms. My hands are warm. My arms are relaxed but alive. Love is here. Love is here. Let yourself breathe that in. Whatever those images, those ideas stirred up for you. I'm going to read that love letter one more time. I can feel how deep and true your love is. It is steady and vast. And it supports me. I am filled with this liquid love and it gives me life and expression and makes daily living elegant, like a swan gliding on a pristine lake. Feel your own blood coursing through your veins, supporting you, soft and gentle, elegant, like a swan gliding on a pristine lake. Your breath, your heart, together, giving life 
to this beautiful body, to this beautiful mind, to this soul. Please let yourself hang out in this space as long as you like. And please, I encourage you, live into this question of exploring what does love feel like? What does a love signal feel like? And let yourself be surprised by the answers. Let yourself be surprised by the love signals that find you today, tomorrow, and on into the future. If you're relaxing, your eyes are closed, I invite you to bring your attention back to the room that you're in, back to wherever you are. Let's take three deep breaths again. Breathing in. And let it go. And again, in. And let it go. One more time. And let it go. I'm so glad we did that. Wow, I feel relaxed. I feel like I'm just glowing with loveness, love signalsness. I I'm at my um, a new desk setup, which is just the most scrumptious thing. I'm surrounded by so many happy plants and candles and little love note love cards from myself to myself <laughs> and all my love uh, signal journals and I can see a salt lamp from where I'm sitting. It's wonderful. <laughs> I hope that that experience was fruitful and nourishing for you all. I will mark in the description the timestamps of when that guided part is so that you can always come back to this episode and listen to that again. And who knows, maybe I'll get ambitious and make that into its own little thing on YouTube. Mm. Your girl has ideas. We'll see what comes from them. Mm. But thank you. Thank you for, for hanging in there with me or not even hanging in there. What am I trying to say? For just exploring with me, being on this adventure with me. I love this process. I love getting to ask these questions of myself, of you, of life. And I hope that you all really got something out of this. As usual, if if you're into this, if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with anyone you think would enjoy it. You can share it in a general way. You can um, share it directly with someone you care about. And please subscribe if you want to leave a rating or a review, that really helps too. That's a really fun thing for other listeners to even kind of know what this would even be about. And if you want to reach out to me directly, I have an email, lovesignalspodcast at gmail.com. That's lovesignalspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to dive deeper with any of this type of love signals work, I'm a coach. We could work together. <laughs> so you can reach out to me lovesignalspodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out to me through my website, michaelamcdonald.com. And I'm here. I'd love to connect. I really, really would. I think that's it. I think we did it. I just wanted to let you know about all those resources. And oh, there is so much love here for you. I feel it. I hope you feel it more and more every single day. What a wonderful opportunity this is to be alive, to appreciate the contrast and to live into these questions of how do you know? How do you know? 
All right. Take care. May you be well. Until next time.